We have all heard people say that they have had COVID-19 and as a result are immune. But would vaccination boost that natural acquired, uh, the naturally acquired resistance? You're listening to Clinical Conversations from the NEJM Group. I'm Joe Elia, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Ali Raja, who is in the Department of Emergency Medicine at Mass General Hospital and a professor of emergency medicine at Harvard Medical School. We're about to interview Dr. Ronan Arbel on Zoom from Israel. His paper on the effectiveness of the Pfizer-BNT vaccine among the recovered has just been published in the New England Journal of Medicine. Dr. Arbel does health outcomes research at Qualit Health Services and lectures on health systems management at Ben-Gurion University of the Negev. Welcome, Dr. Arbel. Thank you for having me. It's a great honor. Thank you, Dr. Arbel. First of all, could you please, for our listeners, describe briefly the problem that you and the team investigated? Okay, so if you look around the uh, US CDC, European CDC, or NIA, um, or the UK, they all say uh, each one has a different uh, um, policy regarding how, when, and how should I um, vaccinate the recovered uh, subjects or patients for COVID-19. And they all said, we don't have any evidence. If we start with the, I think the most ex- extreme is the United States CDC said, we don't have any evidence. So let's ignore, Actually, that's how we understand. We are ignoring your infection induced immunity and you're, you're going to get vaccina- vaccinated like all the others. The EU and all kind, all countries in the US have other policies. Uh, the UK has a different policy. Israel has a different policy. And they all said we don't have evidence. Uh, the only evidence actually that we found when we um, looked at this was uh, um, five, 600 patient uh, study from Kentucky, which is not probably not enough to, you know, to, for significant evidence for the world. So we thought this is a very um, important clinical issue. We always look, what is the clinical question? I'm a physician. I have a patient who recovered. Should he get vaccinated? What would be the benefit? Or, of course, are there any safety issues? And that was the question. We, we had no clue what is the answer. That makes That's perfect the- sense. And you mentioned the smaller study from Kentucky. It looks like you did this by reviewing the medical records of some 150,000 people in Israel who'd recovered from COVID-19. Is that right? Yeah, we actually, we look at all the patients in our healthcare organization that met the eligibility criteria. So it's, that was the number. And, and, and for that- nine months, so it's also long, uh, uh, you know, it, it was for nine months, not just for a couple of weeks, a couple of months was done in Kentucky. And um, the Clalit uh, organization, uh, the medical records, you use their medical records, uh, they ensure or care for, I should say, about half the population in Israel. Is that correct? Yes, 54%. Okay. And All most right. of and about and, two-thirds of the patients above 65. Okay. And, and so briefly, what did you find? 
what, what, your your primary and secondary uh, findings? What were they? So the, the primary finding, uh, first of all, we, we saw an interaction with age. So that's why we reported by two age groups. And uh, up to 65 years old, we saw 80%, 80% about 80% reduction in, in, in reinfection rates. And the elderly, it was about 40, uh, sorry, 60% uh, reduction. In, in, the older, in the older group? Yeah, in the older group. And that's our main findings. What is very interesting, we think it's it's only secondary, but very interesting that one shot is is enough. There is no, we didn't see any benefit, any um, additional uh, protection from a second shot. It was my, it was our uh, hypothesis, by the way. And it's very interesting that you said boost natural immunity. That's the way we look at it. I mean, you you can see there are a lot of studies that show that uh, infection-induced immunity is at least as good as, you know, uh, vaccine-induced immunity. Of course, if you survive the COVID and all the problems of long COVID. Then yeah. the question, if it's, if it's similar to a primary vaccination and it's really reasonable that one shot, I mean, it will act with some kind of booster, which was your first word, right? Boot. How yes. do you boost a natural infection-induced immunity? So this is yeah. the biology that we saw. Uh, it was a nice study uh, and, it, and it, it's very similar to our results. On the second vaccination, I think it's important because I think Eric Topol just wrote. You know, why does the CDC ignore? It's like he had a re- early reading of our paper. Why does the CDC ignore natural immunity? Uh, you want to you you want your patients to get vaccine. It has to make sense. You cannot say ignore it. We don't care that you're uh, that you are uh, recovered. I mean, the science says it does matter. But still, important self-study, you have a cover, you have a protection from your uh, infection-induced immunity, but you can boost it and you should boost it by uh, by a vaccination, but a single one is enough. Um, And this work was done mostly, uh, uh, maybe even exclusively, among those who recovered from the Delta variant. Is that, is that right? No. Exposure was to the Delta variant. We recovered from, uh, from the, uh, some of them recovered from the um, uh, original, the wild type, and some from alpha. Thank the you. Thank you for clarifying Okay. Yep. Up to data, by the way, there were very little reinfections. What we see now, we saw in Delta many more reinfections, and you see in Omicron really much, much more reinfections. But up to Delta, the, the numbers were really, really small. So um, I think it was a, a very important to see what happens with the Delta. So given the fact that this was an exposure of the Delta variant. Any thoughts about what this might mean with Omicron? I'm sure, I was sure that you'll ask. Of course, it's a great question. 
we didn't we don't have a study on that yet it's probably too soon but if we if we look at what if we if we can learn from the past which i'm not sure in covid right <laughs> you see that uh, uh, you know in beta you didn't see any reinfections in delta you saw many more reinfections in omicron you see many 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 more reinfections hopefully we did not check this we need to research this we can hypothesize i'm not sure what with the results will be that uh, um we'll have this, uh, uh, i don't know if a similar effect but an effect of the vaccine on your reinfection risk but the the, the basic reinfection risk that's that's very uh, clear the basic reinfection risk is going higher and higher it was higher in delta and it was much higher in omicron So if we assume and we're not sure if we assume that we have a similar effect and since the uh, reinfection rates uh, the basic reinfection rates are much higher and uh, you know the absolute effect should be higher assuming the same hazard ratio but again I, I cannot we, we did not uh, research this yet uh, so it's just an assumption that But we need to act all the time and Israel is doing it very you can see like the fourth vaccination and in, in, in the uh, uncertainty I mean we don't have evidence we can just look at what we understand till now that's why Israel decided on a second booster right a fourth vaccination because the first booster was a huge success is the second booster a huge success we actually you Uh, have some uh, results on this and the ministry I, our results are not published but the Ministry of Health uh, in Israel published it's too soon to really tell but the decision was made you don't have time I mean do we have the luxury to wait to see if uh, a vaccination helps in Omicron no it's you know it's it's, it's spreading like crazy that's a great point so much of what public policy has been based on has had to be the data that we have available now, even though we're doing studies and there'll be more data in just a few weeks or months. You mentioned, Dr. Arbel, that the lack of a difference between one shot and two wasn't a huge surprise for you because it makes sense given the modeling. Were there any results that you did find surprising? We, we actually did not know what will be the effect We did not I, I think 80% was probably higher than what we thought. We did not see we, we, we did not expect that the uh, older age group will have a, 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 um, uh, less of a, an effect. This age group interaction was uh, uh, discovered in the analysis and um, we, we didn't know we, we don't know when we go into the study what the Results are, I, I must uh, point here, it's very important to say uh, this is not uh, in any way uh, funded by Pfizer or any other company. All of our researchers are totally unbiased, unpa- really, and I think it's, it's very important. So we report what we find and don't uh, look at uh, what will the Pfizer do. You know, they may like the first part, they, they probably don't like the second part because you don't need a second vaccination or third vaccination. So we are very um, uh, strict uh, not to uh, get industry funding for these studies. 
to make sure that to really uh, to uh, I think it's important uh, to ensure that there is not even a, a, a of course we're not unbiased but there's not even a suspicion of bias okay there's no way to and so we can we can freely and uh, report what we see and uh, we focus and that's the advantage of our team it has all the clinical uh, Uh, physicians who are leading this effort in Israel, they always, they also always push for the clinical question. Should I vaccinate? How many vaccinations should I do? These are really important clinical questions. That's what we're, that's what we're trying to answer. So let me actually ask you, Dr. Arbel. I'm an emergency physician. I see patients every day, many of whom have, have had COVID and are recovered. Some of those, fewer here in Massachusetts, but many still here and around the country, look at me and say, I just had COVID. I don't need to get vaccinated. What does this mean in terms of the conversations I have with them or a primary care doctor or a pediatrician? What does this mean for the physicians who are actually seeing patients who have had COVID? What can we use this data to say? So the, the easy answer is you recovered from COVID. You have some, you have some coverage, but you can improve it significantly. Dramatically, but why one more vaccine? I think it's very simple. Okay. Well, uh, we want to thank you, Dr. Arbel, for your uh, time with us today. Thank you. It's, it's, it's a great honor. Oh, it's a, the pleasure is ours. Um, but what's the next step? Are you going to be investigating Omicron and its, uh, and its effects? So right now we're looking in, I think, the major, uh, some of the major um, clinical questions. Uh, second booster, the Pfizer, uh, especially the, oral, the, effect, the real world effectiveness of oral medication, especially Pfizer, especially in vaccinated, because all these Studies have been done in unvaccinated patients. Most right. of these patients are vaccinated. This is a big question we don't know from the RCTs. Is it working on vaccinated patients? We should have the results soon. <laughs> Those are exciting. That, that is an, such an important question. That was our 282nd clinical conversation. We come to you from the NEJM group and the writers and editors of NEJM Journal Watch. Kristen Kelly is our executive producer. I'm Joe Ilia. And I'm Ali Raja. Thanks for listening.